has a high price to pay. Some put on a suit, but he ran the other way. His drums drown out the Welcome back to Real Voices of the Game Productions. I'm Dave D'Agostino, and we are in episode 183 for our shows. And today we got another special spotlight, a follow-up from our last week's spotlight, where we have umpire Brad Thede on. Before I bring Brad on, I just want to talk to our audience a little bit and thank them for their support to date. We've got 17,800 subscribers as of this morning. Download, listen, like, subscribe, rate, and review. Continue to do that. The rate and review is important because it allows us to battle the analytics of the podcast world a lot like we do in baseball. We can keep bringing you great content and special shows like we're doing today. Get us on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or Stitcher. Hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Facebook, I get one question live a day, and then I respond to everybody privately. Over 700 questions today um, in, in anticipation of our backloaded week this week of a lot of shows. 72 countries, grassroots MLB front offices. We're just trying to build a better baseball IQ. And as you'll find in this show, much like our other shows, just prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truths that we're going to bring about with baseball and life sometimes. Because this program, like the others, has no time for the comfortable lies that are out there. So we're going to hit them head on. So with that, I want to welcome back. I'll skip the preamble because we introduced them last week. But uh, Brad Thede, Brad, welcome back to the show. Longtime umpire. Coach has a wonderful perspective on the game because you've served multiple purposes. And I think that uh, symbiosis of those two worlds has allowed for you to have a unique perspective on the game of baseball. And that's why we're bringing you back on the show here today. So thanks so much, Brad, for coming back. I appreciate it. It's good to be back, Dave. Um, Kind of funny you mentioned that. Last night I was uh, working um, in our Impact Sports Academy League up in Green Bay, and I was working – nine and 10 year old baseball last, last night. So that was quite a, quite an interesting opportunity to have. Um, it's fun watching those little guys get out there and, and learn the game and also gives me an opportunity to work with them and mentor them as well. Um, as far as how umpire relates to that. So it was, it was cool. It was a cold night, but, uh, love the opportunities to teach and to share, all my experiences. No, I think with I, I, I think with our last show with you and our conversations we've had off the air, I think that's the beauty of how you approach the game. You're constantly trying to help mentor and grow people, and you're an accomplished person in your profession. But you keep giving back and, and trying to help everybody from the players to the parents to the umpires, and that's what's going to make the game grow and make the game better. So I appreciate the role that you play, and I know our audience does as well, and. We need more guys like you uh, trying to lift the game up from the grassroots level, um, and, and that's going to allow for a great future for baseball. So I know we, we've kind of talked about a number of topics today. I'm going to throw them at you um, and just kind of let you let you go with it because uh, I'm interested to hear your response too because I've heard a little bit of it, and we've gone back and forth in writing, but um, I'm uh, going to be like an audience member slash co-host today, so um, I'm anxious to hear your response. So um, – you know, with, with, uh, are you okay starting with the Christian Walker? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fine. So with our, our audience here, just paint a little picture of what happened. And, and I just kind of give a tiny bit to Christian Walker had, he, he got ejected from a game recently. And, um, if you just saw the end of it with him clapping in the dugout, you would think that it was, you know, a little bit crazy that he got tossed from the game, but there's a, 
there was a precursor, many precursors to that. So I want to let Brad kind of paint the picture of it and then kind of give us the perspective on everybody involved here and what your thoughts were as how it ended up. Well, I think, first of all, we have to address the whole issue of 30-second video clips and and that type of thing. Um, There's a lot of people that go through this world and they just live from one video clip, one TikTok reel, one Instagram reel, one Facebook, YouTube post to another. And there's never any context offered to what went on. So with the Christian Walker situation, that little video clip that probably millions of people saw was taken completely out of context. And so I think it's important to take us back a few innings to try to help understand what actually went on and what actually led up to that. And basically just, you know, he, he was questioning balls and strikes. There was an issue with a check swing and it didn't go his way and he wasn't happy about it. He had interactions with um, Alfonso Marquez in the plate. Uh, Fonzie gave him a lot of leashed event there was not an ejection at that point. Christian went on his way, went to the dugout. And where we pick it up is later on, there was another check swing. And I don't recall, I believe it was the first base umpire called it safe or no swing. And next thing you see is Christian Walker on the top step, exuberantly clapping and then you see him get ejected. And in that 30 second clip, you're basically told that, you know, a major league baseball player just got dumped for clapping. And if you take a step back, think about how absurd that is in the, in the first place. But you look at what led up to that. And that was your typical, I'm mad, so I'm going to try to show you up and I'm going to make a spectacle of myself and of the game with excessive clapping. And if you were at the game and if you were umpiring the game and if you were in the dugout, you knew exactly what was going on. And I I understand that video clips and stuff like that provide entertainment for people. And I get that. But people have become so intellectually dishonest because they just soak up so much misinformation on a regular basis. And they try to always take some sort of moral high ground based on a 30 second video clip. And they really end up embarrassing themselves because, you know, when you go back and you look at the context of what really went on, you understand that there was a lot that led up to that. And the other thing is, is guys aren't getting dumped out of baseball games for clapping. I mean, that's just ludicrous on its own merit. And, you know, people have to, to have to understand that there's certain things that go on in the game. And finally, it culminates in the player, the manager or coach decides they don't want to stick around anymore. And so the umpire helps them on their way with the with the ejection. And it's part of the game. And. Unfortunately, because people don't understand that aspect of it, you know, the umpires are oftentimes villainized, you know, for for actually doing their job. Uh, I think a lot of people forget, Dave, that 
major league umpires and minor league umpires work for major league baseball. They're, they're not some rogue organization where we got a bunch of guys together and put in a bid to see who could give them the best price. And then, you know, we're going to go work these big league games. Like th- these guys are part of major league baseball. They go through extensive evaluations. They go through extensive training and these guys are the best guys in the world. Now, do they miss a play occasionally? Yeah. Do they miss a pitch occasionally? Yeah. But at the end of the day, these guys are the best in the world at at what they do. So I, I think it's important that if you're genuinely interested in understanding the big picture, then you have to first of all, become more intellectually honest with yourself and ask yourself, you know, hey, is what I'm seeing in this 30-second video clip really probably the whole story? And, you know, we could take this slightly outside of that incident in baseball in general, but just in life in general, you know, you see a lot of video clips out there, you know, saying this is happening or that's happening or, you know, your freedom's on the line and this and that. And, if you take a step back and you dig into it and you get context on what actually is going on, you actually find out that it's that 30 second clip that you saw was just a small part of what the big picture is. So I think that's the biggest thing that we have to take away from this is we just have to be a little bit more judicious with how we view social media and the news and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's kind of how I did it. I saw it first and it's, it didn't, I, I always, what, what kind of triggers my, my brain when I see things in my first instance, things, well, that doesn't make sense. And um, I saw the comments on it and all the comments were one-sided for the most part. And I actually think I wrote to you on it because I, I think I saw yeah. you and I say, hey, Brad, what are your, what's your take on it? And then you responded publicly to me with a video of the entire interaction, which was easily accessible if somebody decided to do the, you know, 30 second legwork on it. And it showed a, uh, it showed an antagonistic, um, you know, Christian Walker uh, throughout the game, and it led up to that that clapping incident uh, toward the end. But uh, yeah, so you know, go back to how I don't want to move on to another topic too quickly, but because I think your your approach to how these things should be handled is important for our audience to hear. Leading up to that event, you know, the, the the head of the event obviously was a result of the interaction leading up to that. Maybe it was prior games too, but how should have those things been handled? Was there anything that could have prevented that from happening? Um, along the way from either side. Well, I think Alfonso did a great job of dealing in with it in the moment. Um, check swings are the most contentious and they're the most um, objective part of umpiring. I mean, you could put you could put twenty umpires down at third base with a left-handed hitter, and you could have him make twenty check swings. And you'd have 20 different opinions on what a swing is. And at the end of the day, a check swing is, do you think he made an attempt to strike the ball? Um, You know, the average fan, they, you know, they read this and they read that. And it's like, oh, well, did his wrist breaks? You know, did the barrel of the bat go this far? Did he do this? Did he do that? It's really very simple. It's just a judgment call that the umpire has to make. And he's got to make it in real time. So he makes, he makes a call in real time and then there's controversy because 
you know, let's be honest, Dave, trying to hit a baseball coming in at 90 miles an hour, that's a pretty stressful situation. Kind right? of. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out what this pitcher is doing. Um, you know, you're, you're in a high level of concentration and everybody's focused on you and the pitcher in that, in that moment. So when you get fooled by a pitch and you check your swing, your automatic reaction most times is going to be, no, there's no way that I went. But when you look at it on replay, sometimes you'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, I clearly, I clearly went on that, on that pitch. And it, you know, if you, if you don't want to get uh, rung up on a check swing, just don't check swing. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's, it sounds, sounds smart alecky and, and trite, but um, don't put it, don't put it in the umpire's hand because he's making that, that real time call and it's, and it's not reviewable and it shouldn't ever be reviewable. Um, and it's always going to be a source of contention. Um, you know, one dugout thinks he swung, the other dugout thinks he didn't swing. Yeah. And then, you know, as an audience, we have the luxury of seeing the replay, you know, 15 times in a row. Right. The umpires, you know, you're not, and I, and you would be able to speak better to this than I am, but there's a lot of things that you're trying to anticipate happening in a game of baseball because it's, it's one of those rare games where not a lot can happen in a certain area for, you know, an hour. And then all of a sudden something really, really quick happens. And, that's a tough thing to see visually. So, um, yeah, I, I, I thought that was – it got played up a little too much on social media. Now, of course, with social media, the good with the bad, something additional happens even sillier 20 minutes later, so it gets buried a little bit. But I thought it, I thought it left a bad uh, – it, it went back to what you talked about in the last show where umpires get villainized quite a bit. And that just, that just kind of fed the monster a little bit more. Yeah, and I think, you know – I also said when we we talked last time too, you know, professional sports is entertainment and controversy sells tickets, and that's that's the that's the part of it. And and I don't I don't want to be I don't want to come off ignorant to not understand that there's there's entertainment value to this, and so you know that that sells tickets. I get that, but as an umpire, as someone who coaches, I just think it's fair to the guys that are working to, you know, enjoy the controversy and enjoy the the back and forth and whatever it is. But let's also try to be honest about what's really going on here and try to understand what, what led up to this, um, you know, to, to sit and watch a video clip for 30 seconds and go, yeah, umpires are throwing guys um, out of games for clapping. They all suck. They all should be fired. Oh my gosh. If I was this bad at work, I'd get fired and yada, 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 on and on about it. And it's like, First of all, their bad day at work isn't there's nothing you can really compare it to with somebody somebody else because they can they can go back there and only miss two pitches and if those are the two pitches that make sports center or those are the two pitches that come before a guy hits a three run home run to put his team ahead it's a headline in the New York times the next day. Yeah. Um, you know, if you uh, do something at work and your company, you know, loses $5,000 because of it, um, you know, they're going to handle it in the way that, that they do that. But it's not, it's really, it's apples and oranges when you're trying to compare it. So when you, when you go off the deep end and, Oh, we got to fire these umpires and bring in the robots and everything else. It's, it's like, come on, that's, that's a lot of hyperbole 
that's getting injected into this conversation. We got to we got to kind of uh, throttle it down a little bit and be a little bit more realistic. Yeah, I, I often laugh at uh, you know, and I p- people that I'm around day to day have a little glimpse of what I've done in the sports world and what I do, but I kind of laugh when they try to compare the regular day at work to to uh, you know either being a college coach, professional coach, professional player, and in your case, professional umpire. Um, you know, because I, I my my instant joke is I don't go in depth with this. Has anybody ever stood behind you an entire day of work and told you you sucked at yeah. the top of their lungs? And and uh, then the one mistake you may have made, it's you know written in the newspaper the next day. And I said I I was a young Division One head coach at the age of twenty eight, and on Tuesday I was a gen- I was boy genius. On Thursday I was the biggest idiot in the world. I said try living that roller coaster. I used to joke with the reporters. And the people said, hey, can you let me know if I'm smart or dumb today so I know how to act accordingly? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, off of me here, you know, we, we had talked a little bit, um, you know, specifically about umpire. And, and I don't want you to share more than you're uncomfortable sharing. But, um, you know, we've seen uh, a longtime umpire, Angel Hernandez. He's, you know, he's been a subject of scrutiny um, quite a few times and fair or unfair. That's more for you to tell me than for me to tell you. But. He hasn't been umpiring uh, for almost a month, I think, right now. And I just finally noticed it the other day. And, and I don't really pay attention to the umpire. I think somebody may have brought it up. But what, what's your insight into that that you wanted to share? And again, I don't want you to have to go too far, but you, you've got a source, but you don't have to reveal that source, obviously. Oh, no, it's, it, it's fine. Um, one of my good friends that I do umpire camps up here with is named Kevin Brown. And he and I um, are we have a lot of fun together. Um, we, we always get together and go to, you know, a, a local watering hole with the intention of getting the, um, agenda set up for the camp and an intended half an hour meeting always turns into a hour and a half because we, we both start telling war stories and Kevin's got a lot of them and he worked minor league baseball, made it uh, all the way up to double a, but the, he had an interesting story to tell. And so I, I want to make the disclaimer that this is, this is third party information and you know, it, it's, it is what it is, but Kevin had nothing but great things to say about angel. Um, angel said that, or I mean that Kevin said that angel was, was a great crew chief. Um, he always looked out for his guys. Um, very quiet and, and, but he was a good, he was a good umpire. Um, you know, he had a little bit of a, a temper, uh, once in a while, but for the most part, you know, Angel was on point and, you know, if we look at it, he's actually, if you look at the numbers, he's actually a pretty good umpire. Um, he's, you know, I, I access to information has told me that, you know, he's top 10 balls and strikes. Um, but for whatever reason, you know, Angel's, you know, he's a lightning rod. I mean, there, there are sports reporters that sit around at their desk and they will re- they're going to research what game is Angel working tonight because I'm, get, I'm getting the headline, you know, when the stadium burns down. And obviously, I'm not one of his, his colleagues. Um, Kevin enjoyed his time that he spent with Angel in, in the minors, um, said he's a, he's a great guy. And... That's why I find it comical because you'll you'll go on an umpire post and it'll be a video of this guy working a 12U baseball game 
And there's always some knucklehead that wants to come in and say, oh, well, you know, at least it wasn't Angel Hernandez or, you know, it could have been, you know, it could have been Angel back there calling that and would have blown the call or whatever. And I'm thinking, dude, you're looking at a video of a, of a 12 U baseball game of an amateur umpire trying to get his way through this game. And you go completely out of your way to just inject angel into a conversation. And I just, I just find it comical because Kevin said that angel's got pretty thick skin. So in Kevin's opinion, he doesn't feel like the, all the grief that he gets that it, it affects him that much. I mean, I think if, from a humanistic standpoint, I think after a while it probably gets under your skin a little bit, but guy's a professional umpire. He's been in the league for a long time and you know, he, he is who he is. So I, I just found that insight to be really interesting because everybody's got their opinions about a guy that they've never met or have no context to umpiring about. Oh, it's easy. And, uh, you know, and, and the way our world is nowadays, you kind of alluded to it earlier with, uh, when we were talking Christian Walker, people get very uh, flippant with their comments because they can. And, they just throw it out there on social media and they don't have to personalize it. And, uh, you know, we, I always joke about the number of, uh, questions we get every day. And I think to this for today was over 700 questions and there's, there's some negative ones in there. I don't ever talk about those on the air, but there'll be ones that'll, you know, uh, strong language, uh, strong opinions on our opinions. And then I usually just make a joke back at them. And what's funny is, they never think I'm going to respond. I respond to everybody and be like, are you having a bad hair day? Um, you know, something funny yeah. like kind of to balance it off. And I got one back this morning and the guy said, I didn't think you were going to even comment. And uh, I said, yeah. And it kind of got dialogue going and then got to, you know, have some answers to questions. And, you know, I kind of joked, I'd love to come on the show. I was like, well, I think we're far away away from that. But I said, you, you called me a couple of choice names today. I think we got to get past that. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, people are so brave right now because of that. And, the, there, there's a psychological study on people giving their opinions. And what's found is that the people who have no experience in a particular area have the same confidence level to give their opinions as the people who are experts. And the ones in the middle are the ones that usually kind of keep quiet and are really, really reserved. But it's those opposite ends of the spectrums of the complete, um, I don't want to use the word, oh, I guess I'm going to use it, the word idiots who have no idea of what they're talking about, feel like they have the same right to speak on something because as the experts in it. So interesting study that I wish would even out a little bit. So, but they, they, I, they, I just think it's, I think it's funny, Dave, because the average fan doesn't know anybody except for Angel Hernandez. And, they, and the only reason they know his name is because that's the narrative and that's the headline and that's what's, what's out there. But I was, I was joking kind of joking around in my own head a little bit about, you know, doing a demonstration of, um, you know, how many big league guys could I name off in say 30 seconds versus the average Joe that probably knows, he knows Angel and he's probably heard of Joe West a time or two because, uh, you know, Joe had his time in the spotlight as well with some certain stuff. But, um, you know, I, I could sit here and I could probably rattle off 50 names in, in, in a minute of 
guys that I know that are big league or minor league umpires. And that doesn't make me a big deal, but I use that example to just, you know, offer, I guess, more context. Um, you know, if, if the only guy that you know is angel and you're going to try to inject yourself into a conversation about umpiring and the depth of your intelligence is, well, angel sucks and he's horrible and he should be fired. And, you know, he did this and he did that. It's like, wow, I wonder what it's like to go through life being that um, shallow and uninformed when you, you know, jump into those types of uh, conversations. Because if we're being honest, Dave, I mean, I can go back and, and I guess I'll put a little plug in for uh, Close Call Sports, the, the website that I actually referenced you to uh, for the Christian Walker um, incident. But those guys do a great job of breaking down plays. Um, one thing they've done too is they've shown pitches and plays that have led up to the incident, you know, in, in the interest of providing context. And they do a really good job of breaking down the ejection. They, they do a good job of posting the rule and explaining the differences. Um, they'll dip into college once in a while. Um, T-Mac did a phenomenal interview with uh, with Reggie Drummer after his incident that he had. And they do a really good job. So if you're genuinely interested in, you know, you know, hey, I saw, you know, I saw one of my my players that I watch. I saw him got thrown out of the game the other night. I wonder what happened. Um, you know, usually within a reasonable amount of time, they will have the ejection up and have it broke down on close call sports. So you can go on there and watch it and actually see, you know, what happened and, and stuff like that. It's, it's a phenomenal resource if you're genuinely interested in understanding the perspective of the umpire. Yeah. If you want to, you want to get it right and, and uh, have a informed opinion. I, you know, I feel like I'm a, above I'm above the average in terms of the fan. Um, I don't know if I call myself a fan because I'm working in the game, but the, uh, I, I don't, I couldn't name 10 umpires to be honest with you. Um, so I can't imagine the average fan could meet your challenge of naming a hundred in, in a minute or 50 in a minute. Get, can you give, can you give our audience just some of the umpires that they should pay attention? Some guys, you know, I, I call it caught being good. Who are some guys that they should be paying attention to guys that you think are good umpires that maybe we can, we can change the narrative a little bit. Well, I, I really like, I really like Alan Porter. Um, he's moved up fairly quickly and I think he is a crew chief now this year. Um, I like what, uh, you know, I like junior Valentine obviously because I went to um, school with him and he's really done a good, nice job coming, coming through the system. And, and I think just a lot of the young guys that are coming up are, really doing a nice job. We, we had a mass retirement last year. I think we had like 10, 10 guys retire and, and a bunch of those were crew chiefs. And those were some good, good umpires. Um, you know, Ted Barrett retired. Um, Greg Gibson, who is, he's one of my all-time favorites. He, he retired. So we had a lot of guys open up spots for guys to get jobs. But, you know, I talked about it last time too, a lot of guys that were in my 2011 class at Harry's that were either instructors or 
coming through as students are now, you know, in the game. Um, Jordan Baker, he was an instructor. Uh, Ryan Addington was an instructor. He's now got a full-time job. Uh, you know, Ju- I mentioned Junior Valentine and Malachi Moore. Those are two youngsters now that, that are that are coming up and through. I mean, I, I got to, to meet Jerry Lane, spent some time with Eddie Hickox around the fence talking to him. Um, I believe David Rackley was there, Stu Sherwater, Trip Gibson. I mean, all these guys had a little bit of influence over me while I was down in camp. And now these guys are all big league guys, um, Hunter Wendelstead. So there's a lot of guys that actually do a really, really good job. And if you understand umpiring and you watch them work, um, you'll be, you'll be super impressed. But I would say right now, my, my favorite guy to watch work is, is Alan Porter. Um, just the way that he handles himself and and his swag and and just the way he handles situations, he he does a really 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 nice job. And you can tell that the crews that he's worked on previously and the crew chiefs that he's had, you know, have had a very big influence on him and have you know sped up the learning curve for him to get to where he's at right now. And, you know, I think part of the problem too is, and I go through this from a, I guess, from a strategic standpoint with the sport, whether it's baseball or basketball, people don't know how to watch the sport itself. And that's where I serve as an educator in part when I'm, you know, trying to change the mind of somebody, a fan, I guess, mm-hmm. of a player, especially a coach, that's a harder realm for them to get into. For me, you know, I'll, I'll admit, I, you know, I, I don't pay much attention to the umpiring during the games or the refereeing during basketball, which is odd, right, for an ex-coach and an ex-player. Um, it seems to be a sport uh, in itself, uh, banging on, on the refs and the umpires. I know, and again, I know we're an audio show, not a visual, but could you give some insight into some things that fans should watch when they're evaluating umpires? Because I don't think they know what to watch. They watch and react as opposed to, you know, some, something simple like the setup of an umpire behind the catcher. You know, where should they be when runners are in, you know, certain positions on the field or there's a play at a certain base? Could you could you just, just a couple simple ones for our audience? Well, I think the first thing that sets the tone for a fan when they see an official is their appearance. Um, when, I walk, when I walked on the field, there was never, ever any goal to be perfect. But I wanted to walk on the field looking like a squared away Marine. Uh, my shoes were shined. My pants were pressed. My shirt fit properly. Um, you know, ball bags, everything else, everything looked, you know, looked like a pro. And so if you see a guy walk on the field and he looks half disheveled and he looks like, he, you know, he's got a 40-year-old pair of pink Feshheimers that he's wearing for pants because he doesn't invest in himself to get any better clothes. You know, his shirt doesn't fit the right way. That's a huge red flag to me. I mean, I'm going to go watch Lincoln play tonight. And the first thing I'll see is, you know, how are these guys dressed and what will they, they look like? So, you know, that's the first perception that you have. And that, that instills confidence in coaches and players and fans. If you walk on the field or you walk on the court and you look like you're put together, that's that's saying something for yourself right there. 
Now, you know, from a baseball standpoint, I mean, we can get into specifics about how you set up behind the plate. Do you work in the, in the slot, which is the preferred way to see pitches. And for the audience out there, the slot is basically that area between the catcher and the batter that gives you the best look at all the pitches. Um, ideally, you want to have good head height. Your chin is going to be basically at the top of the catcher's helmet. And that's your ideal position where you want to be to, to see pitches the best. Now, that being said, if I go to a game and I see a guy that's almost as low as the catcher, I see him working almost directly behind the catcher. Um, I see him come out there looking like he's ready for a jousting match because he's got a, like a full suit of armor on instead of the just the recommended protective equipment that you have. Those are all things that are just bing, bing, bing going off in my head, you know, when I see that. So, and I, and I think us as umpires in general, I think we have to do a better job of being aware of the perception that, that we give off. And, and I know I'm a stickler for it um, because of my background and the people that were way better than I was that had a lot of influence on me have always instilled in me a, a will and a drive to be the best that I can be. And it, and it starts with how you look. It starts with how you conduct yourself on the field. There's a, there's a lot of things. And I think in general, we do a poor job of wanting to get better and looking for areas to, to try to improve. We, we accept mediocrity way too much and we make excuses saying, well, you know, it's just high school baseball and it, or it's, you know, it's just U triple S A U triple S A baseball or whatever it might be. But, you know, that, that game in that moment means a lot to the people that are involved in that game. All right. So if you show up at a high school game and your attitude is, well, it's just a high school game. So I'm just going to get through this. And when I get done, there'll be a check waiting for me. Um, you're doing a great disservice to the profession. You're doing the, a great disservice to, um, you know, the fans, the, pl the the players and the coaches. And I think that's what really irritates people is when umpires give off that apathetic, I'm just here because they needed somebody to work the game type of a, a attitude. And uh, I know, you know, sometimes my approach, it might come off a little bit arrogant and, and, and a little bit too forthright, but it's, it's very well-intentioned and it's only because I want our avocation for some and our profession for others to be viewed in a more positive light. And so that starts with how we conduct ourselves, how we dress, you know, how we approach the game. So that might have been getting off in the weeds just a tad, Dave, but that's kind of kind of where I took that. No, I asked the question. That's uh, what we're looking for here. That's I think it, it helps people lack in general. And you hit on a point with the umpires where you know you're very uh, you're very good at giving. You give the side of the umpire not just the good, but you also give the the bad with that you think improvements have to happen. So I think that's the theme that has to happen with understanding. Point of view, not just the umpire-coach relationship, the player 
umpire relationship. And those are things that you've, you've hammered on in, in the two times you've been on the show here. And here's, here's a question I ask, and, and this may take us to the end, but I think it's an important one to answer. You know, with the way the narratives are around umpire, we never catch somebody being good. We always catch them being bad. You've mentioned that, hey, there's got to be a, a higher standard. There is a shorter shortage of umpires. And now we have the, the automated umpires looming over the major leaguers right now. We're that constant threat of, hey, we're going automated in the strike zone. I guess the simple question is, is umpiring getting worse? Is, it, is that justified, all these things? I, I don't think it is at all. I think right now umpiring is the best that it's ever been. Um, the, the problem that we have right now, Dave, is, and, and Kevin and I had a, had a long talk about this on Tuesday as well, but the one thing that he pointed out is everything is amplified now and the volume of every situation is taken up and there's zero squelch out there to kind of moderate that. And and, and for those of you who don't understand what, what, what I mean by squelch is you know, squelch is something that's used in, in radio and TV and, and, and old CB talk is squelch is basically dialing back the background noise and that type of thing so that things can come in clear. And as far as umpiring goes, there's zero squelch. It's all amplified. Um, you have, you know, every team has got a streaming service now. Every team has got their homer announcers that don't know the rules. Um, you've got the white box on the screen that um, if people actually took a deep dive into, they would they would find it to be comical because it's already been shown to be grossly inaccurate um, in a lot of ways. So these umpires are under more scrutiny than they have ever been 